Hey, what's up, young adults? It's Jared here. Hey, I'm really excited to be with you tonight as we start a new series called More to Life. Uh, Our subject matter tonight is something that everybody goes through, and I think 2020 is a lot of this. It's disappointment. Um, If it's fair to say that 2020 has been anything, it's probably not been what we thought it was going to be. It's been crazy and hectic and unprecedented, but it really has been a disappointment where we're going on really a month out of this year as a stay-at-home order or people out of work. Just a lot of crazy things have been happening. Um, Disappointment brings in a lot of emotion, a lot of thoughts for you. There's a lot of things that come around with disappointment, Um, but We've seen, me and my wife have seen a lot of disappointment lately in kind of a funny way. Um, We have a three-year-old, a one-year-old, and another on the way, and we've been kind of returning to some of the things that we went to as a child. I remember we went to um, one of those places that you drive through at Christmas that has like all the lights, and uh, it it looked super fun. You can see it from the highway on Highway 44 as you enter into St. Louis, and uh, I remember going to this as a kid, and, and it was like, man, there are lights everywhere. It seemed like it was so bright and so cool and just so different. Um, and we brought our boys back, and, and I remember driving through it and just being like, is this it? Like, my expectation of what I remembered as a child and what I brought my children to was like, there was such a discrepancy. There was such a difference. That, that's really what disappointment is. It's taking your expectation and then reality not quite reaching it and having this disparity in between. It's hopes lost. It's seeing something that you thought was going to happen or maybe you've been consistently experiencing the same expectation. This is what happens when I do X and then when Z comes in it doesn't quite meet it and you go man why didn't it meet it this time? Why wasn't this quite as good? And I think it's fair to say that in this season there's a lot of disappointment going around. Um, It's the middle of April uh, there's a lot of people that expected to graduate in a couple months, and they're not going to have a graduation ceremony. It's crazy. It's unprecedented. Uh, people are moving up their weddings and getting married um, in a quick ceremony because they couldn't, couldn't have their wedding how they hoped it would. Events are changing. I was supposed to go to a concert in June, and I just got word uh, that that concert's not going to happen. There's a lot of things that are so disappointing that you have an expectation, and then reality doesn't quite meet it. And It's not just events. It's not just things like that. There's a lot of life circumstances that happen that are disappointing. I mean, maybe you're in a season that you've lost a job, that you were wrapping up your identity in this thing that you went to, that I was this, I was a salesperson, I was an engineer, and all of a sudden that work is gone, and you don't have a source of income anymore. You don't have that source of, listen, I am this, and it's gone all of a sudden. And you're left going, man, is this this all there is? There has to be more to life than this, or... Or maybe there's a relationship lost. Maybe you hoped that by the time you were 25, 26, 28, 30 years old, that you would be at a certain place in your relationship with a significant other, that where you're at right now is pretty disappointing. You're not where you thought you would be. Maybe if you're in a relationship, it's not what you thought it would be, and this is disappointing for you. Maybe there's some sickness, that a disease, something that, You hope to have a future with someone, hope to see someone into old age, and really what's happening is they're getting sick, and man, I I hate to even say it, but they're dying, and that's disappointing. The thought of the expectation of a future with someone and the reality that you're not going to be able to have that future with them is probably one of the most devastating, disappointing things that we can think about. There's probably a scenario or a situation that you're in that you really feel like, I don't get it. I don't get why this is happening. This is what I hoped would happen. This is what's actually happening. This is so disappointing. There's got to be more than this. 
that disappointment is, is pretty much inevitable, but it's also everywhere. It's not just scenarios, it's also people. There are probably some people in your life that you really looked up to, whether it was a celebrity, a mentor, someone that you viewed from afar. I feel like I'm always careful to really jump onto and say, man, this is my guy. This isn't a celebrity that I'm always all behind because I can't guarantee that they're not going to disappoint me at some point. But it's not just celebrities. It's not just people that we view from afar. Maybe you have a family member that hurt you or hurt someone that you love. And there's some real disappointment there because this was a parent. This was a sibling. This was someone that you held in high regard. And then when reality came in and they weren't able to deliver where you had seen your expectations lie, There's disappointment there in between. And I think it hurts a lot more when there's love and trust involved. Because your expectation's so high for them. And then what they deliver is so low that love and trust hurts when it comes back. That people can be some of our greatest disappointments because we love and trust them. And uh, the person that you talk to the most, the person that's most influential to you, has the most capacity to disappoint you, and that's yourself. If I disappoint one person the most, it's me. I know what my intentions are. I, I probably annoy my wife so much because I'm like, you know, I've got a lot of time these days. I'm probably going to knock a few books out. I'm probably going to, I mean, probably be working out a lot. Probably be being a lot more careful what I eat. And then I end up disappointing myself. I end up letting myself down and I kind of go, oh man, I get to the end of the day and I haven't run. I haven't done those things that I meant to do. I haven't spent time on the things that I meant to. And I end up disappointing myself. And it's not just in those small uh, discipline areas, it's in big areas. I end up doing things that I go, man, is that really me? Is that really who I am? I said something that I disappoint myself in. I say something that I go, wow, how? I didn't even know I was capable of that emotion in that, that level of emotion. And I disappoint myself. And that's probably you too, that you, you end up being disappointed with culture and government and people in general, but you also get disappointed in yourself. That it's everything from these large establishments, culture, the world, all the way down to the granular me. I disappoint myself more than anyone else does. And it's easy to live there. It's easy to live with high expectations and low delivery. Um, I, I was reading about, about disappointment in prep for this, and there's a couple articles um, that some uh, psychologists wrote that they talk about what happens when you are disappointed. And it starts with hurt and pain. You, know, you think about like some of the most simple ways to be disappointed. And being ditched is probably the hardest, uh, the, the easiest one to, to swallow because someone said they were going to be there, uh, they ended up not being able to come. You get that text that says, hey, I'm not going to be there. Man, that's a bummer. It's hard. And the first emotion that comes up is you have hurt. You have uh, pain. Man, that, I'm, I'm that hurts. I, I wish that that person was there for me. I wish I didn't get ditched. But then it moves on to sadness. It goes from pain, that's an immediate emotion that's there, it's tangible, to man, I'm, I'm sad that they viewed me as such a low priority that they would go and do something else or choose to be with someone else instead of with me and you end up being sad and that sadness then leads to anger. I'm angry that they chose to be with someone else. I, that doesn't make me happy. It makes me angry. And then the fourth emotion that it goes to is apathy. And this is probably the most dangerous one of them all because you just say, man, forget that person. That person's kind of dead to me. It doesn't even really matter what that person does anymore. And you end up just kind of writing someone off. You end up not really caring. And I think when we view what God has for us with disappointment, that's where we have to be really careful being because everything that I read in those psychology articles says, hey, manage your expectations. 
If your expectations are here and people are consistently bringing in delivery right here, just lower your expectations to where they are. Just lower them. And then you'll be pretty happy. Uh, One of the things my dad always said was, uh, hey, promise low, deliver in the middle, and everybody leaves happy. And I love that because if you just promise the, the minimum and then you deliver a little bit above it, that's, that's happiness. You're, you're, you're reversing the order there. But one of the things that I read, and I'm reading through this, is no matter how far you lower your expectations, you're still going to be disappointed. There's still going to be death. There's still going to be disease. There's still going to be some amount of pain that you can't lower your expectations low enough so that no one will hurt, hurt you or so that you won't turn apathetic towards everything, towards situations, towards people, and towards yourself. That there's nothing that you can do to lower your expectations enough and there has to be more to life than this. This is constant disappointment. And I'm sure you've met people. You have a family member. You have a friend who just seems like they live in either of those camps. They're either constantly disappointed with people because their expectations are so high or they're just apathetic. Well, I knew that person wouldn't show. I knew that person was going to ditch. I knew that that was going to happen. And I don't think God wants us to be in any of those camps. Look at Philippians 3. In Philippians 3.8, we we went through Philippians a couple of months ago in young adults, and uh, Paul's in jail. He's writing this from, from a prison cell, and this is what he writes. He says, Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I've suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I might gain Christ. Like, he, he's looking actively, like, this is exactly what he's talking about. He's looking at the loss of things, the loss of scenarios, the loss of relationship. And he's saying, hey, I count that as gain for the sake of knowing Christ. See, I think sometimes we can be convinced that God's primary responsibility in our lives is to better our scenarios. That if God is involved in my life, then my scenario, my situation, my circumstances are going to get better. How could they not? He's the creator of all things. But I think that's a dangerous way of looking, that, looking at God because we're viewing him as just the guy who just, man, he's a, he just signs the checks. Hey, God, I could really use this. All right, you got it. Hey, God, this scenario is not going right. All right, you got it. And I, I'm, I'm reminded of Psalm 34, 18. It says, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. There are going to be scenarios that let us down. There are going to be things that happen that aren't the way that, they, that we wanted because the world is just broken. I don't feel like I have to convince you of that. If we know one thing from 2020, it's that things are messed up and this is not the way that they were intended to be. And you can see that all the way back to the beginning of the Bible. When God created Adam and Eve, he walked with them and talked with them. Man showed up and didn't do what God said and they showed up and it was just different. I was listening to someone talk about this and they said it was the equivalent of how excited kids get when they come home or when dad comes home and instead of being really excited that he's home, when they messed up, they hid from God. That's not how God intended things to be. He didn't want us to hide from him. He wanted us to have this relationship with him where where we're so close, everything is known, everything is communicated. And instead we live in this disappointing world where we can kind of see what God has for us. The Bible says that we have eternity written on our hearts. And instead of that being something that we can grasp today, it's something that's far from us. 2020 has taught us anything. It's that the world is messed up. But God doesn't just leave us where we are and go, man, everything got so messed up. I don't know how to do it. He sent his son to love us 
so that we could have relationship with him again and make that right so that we could be a reflector of him to the world and say, hey, this world is messed up, but we have hope in Christ. That we should be people that view our disappointment and view our disappointing circumstances and say, but there's hope because God sent his son so that he could redeem all things. Here, here's the, the way I think we need to change the way that we look at disappointment. He says, hey, I count it as, I count everything, the loss of everything as gain because of the, so that I could gain Christ. That's such a different mentality to say, oh, I lost something. I want to gain Christ. Here's what I think we have to remember. That disappointment drives us to our Father. That disappointment drives us to our Father. That we have two options in disappointment. We can throw up our hands and say, this is the worst. I hate this. We can throw up our hands and say, God, I don't know where to go from here but to you. And there's a stark difference in that. Um, my, my son Thatch is three. Um, it'll be uh, four at the end of the summer, and, and he's gotten really into Legos. And I say he's gotten really into Legos. We buy him like these sets that have like 20 total pieces in them. They're not big. Um, and he got, buys them, he gets really excited. He has one that's a rocket ship and one that's a helicopter. And when he gets them, he gets so excited. And you can see from right away, he can see the picture on the box, and he can see the parts that are inside. And he sees the disparity of what is here today and what uh, I want to happen. And three-year-old him, he's fully capable of putting some of those pieces together. It's kind of hard, but he can do it. Um, But in his inability, it drives him to his father. It drives him to me to say, Dad, I need your help. And let let me paint this scenario. Would I be a better father to just go ahead and make it for him or to show him how to do it? To show him how to make this happen for himself? And listen, don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that God lets you go through difficulty just so you learn things, just so you are able to get through difficult circumstances. But I think that God, in our difficulty, in our disappointment, God is saying, hey, come to me because I'm not into restoring scenarios. That, that happens a lot of times with God. God is a worker of miracles. He makes things happen that blow our minds and he wants to do a miracle. But what he guarantees, what the Bible is all about is doing a miracle in you. And in restoring you. So would I be a better father to just fix Thatch's Legos and just call it good? Or would I be a better father to love him well? To sit him down and say, Thatch, I want to teach you. I want you to grow into a better man. I want you to see that God in all of this is restoring you. That whatever your disappointment is in this season, whatever thing that you have that you're losing, What God has for you is a restoring of your soul. I can look back at seasons of my life that I would call hard. Um, Seasons where things were disappointing, scenarios were disappointing, finances, relationships. And it's so easy to say, God, would you just fix everything and make it right? I want to look 20 years back and go, man, that was the right way to do things. But I also don't want to look back and go, man, I was just so concerned with getting through that moment that I missed what God was trying to show me and was doing in me. Because everything's an opportunity. When my son comes to me with a broken Lego, it's an opportunity, not just to restore his scenario, but to restore him as a person, to show him things, to show him how much I love him, to show him what he's able to do with his life. And I think that's what God wants for us. He wants you to grow in holiness. He wants you to grow in your ability to reflect him out to the people around you. 
What is that disappointment that you're bringing to the table and how can God restore you in the middle of it? That if you're here and you'd say, man, I've got a lot of brokenness. I've got a lot of disappointment in my life. God wants to restore you. James 3, sorry, John 3.17 says, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. God did not come in to say, man, let me show you all the ways that you've done wrong. It's time to pay the piper. It's time for you to fix everything because I see how you've done things wrong. He didn't come to condemn you. When my son comes to me, it, that, that Lego breaks all the time. He loses little pieces from it. I don't condemn him for it. That's not what God wants to do for you. But in order that the world might be saved through him. God has bigger plans than just my circumstances. He wants to see the world saved, and that includes you. That includes me, that he wants to restore people. That's his story. That's what he does. He restores people. He restores. And I think when people are restored, scenarios will start to restore. Restored people will start to restore scenarios. And I think he wants to do that in you. And, and if that's something that you have never done today, I would invite you right now where you're at to just pray to him and say, God, I need you to restore me. Because I've tried everything else. So God, would you right now restore me? That the scenario that you're in might just be something that God is using to bring you back to his feet. His disappointment drives us to the Father. That maybe you're a believer here today and you, you've had some disappointment. Are you letting that drive you to the Father? Are you going somewhere else with it? Are you getting bitter? Are you getting angry? Are you getting apathetic? Put that down at God's feet. And it's going to be an everyday thing. You're going to have to put that down at God's feet every moment. That I want to challenge you to do that. Would you pray with me? Father, there's so much disappointment in the world. There's so much brokenness. But God, I pray that we would see the world as you do. And God, I pray that wherever everyone's watching from tonight, that whatever disappointment we have in our hearts, I pray that it would drive us to you. And God, if someone's here and they don't know you, they don't know the restoration, the love, the forgiveness that you offer, I pray that they would do it right now. God, your word says that if we believe and confess with our mouths, that you're faithful to forgive us, that you're going to forgive us. So God, I pray that right now, even just watching, someone would say, God, I believe in you and I trust you to restore me. God, we love you. We thank you in your holy name. Amen.